So Revelations chapter 2, verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And so that's Revelations chapter 2, verse 17. And uh, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the white stone, in the stone, a new name written, which no man knoweth, saveth he that receiveth it. And if you get time, go back and read the whole chapter, and it will be a blessing to you. But this is the little thought that the Lord gave us, and I surely, surely hope the Lord will help us for just a few minutes to say something that will be a help to you. I have a stone. And, uh, so we read in the Bible, and maybe we've preached out of it not too long ago, how the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman to Jesus. And they said, we've caught her in the very act of adultery. Moses saith that such that has done this should be stoned, but what sayest thou? And he knelt down and put his finger in the dust and, and uh, stayed there for a while while they vehemently accused her and pointed fingers at her and tried their best to catch him some way or another so that they could have something against him. And when he seen that they were not going to stop, he rose up and he said, Ye without sin cast the first stone. And then he knelt back down to the ground and fingered in the dust. And while he was there, each man one by one was convicted of his own conscience and went away. And he looked up to the woman and he said, Woman, where are thine accusers? And she said, Lord, I have none. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So I said that to say this. I have a stone. And when the Lord gave me that stone... He put a name in it that I know and he knows. And when he calls that name, I know who he's talking to. And these fellows that day that were there and had intentions of harming this lady, and if you've seen maybe on TV or something of that nature where people stone someone, and we can read over in Acts where they stoned Stephen, they throw the stones at that person with the intent to kill them. They throw the stones at that person with the intent of bringing harm, of bruising, of wounding, of drawing blood, of hurting somebody. That's not the stone the Lord gave me. He never gave me the stone to hurt somebody. He never gave me the stone to knock somebody down. He never gave me the stone 
to, to, to bruise somebody or to wound them or to hurt them. But he gave me the stone as an everlasting symbol that, that I'm his for all eternity. A stone that's meant to fit in a certain place. <coughs> a stone that's meant to, 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 to be there for eternity. Now you take these stones out here and if you pull up one in, from the ground around in this area in Dutch Bottoms, it's probably going to be slate or, or limestone or whatever you want to call it. And if you peck it or hit it just a little bit, it'll chip off and it'll break. The stone that he gave me is eternal. It can't be chipped. It can't be broken. But it's eternal and, and it's mine because he gave it to me. And he gave you one if you've trusted in him and called on his name. And thanks be to God for that stone. I'll tell you what I would like to do with that stone that he gave me until he comes back for me. I would like to use it as Nehemiah did the, did the stones in the wall over there. And, P, and Paul, we read in one spot, he, he talked about where the men had a, had a dispute because some of them were saved or baptized under, under Paul and some of them were saved or baptized under Apollos. And he said... <coughs> one planteth and another watereth, but God giveth the increase. And he said, God has made me a wise master builder. And he said, no other foundation can any man lay than that that's already laid, and that being Jesus Christ. And so the foundation is Jesus. And I want my stone to be on the center of that foundation. I don't ever want my stone to be anywhere else. I don't want to get my life focused out in the world. I don't want to get my life focused on the world, on work, on, on a relationship, on something to do with this world or anything of that nature. I want my stone to sit solidly on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now we read about Nehemiah over in the third and the fourth chapter there and how that they built the wall. They, they took the wall. Did you read that? It had been torn down, hadn't it? It had been destroyed by the enemy. And the walls had been burned and been knocked over. The stones were still there. <coughs> The stones were in the rubble, but they were in the refuse, and they needed to be put back at their place. And Nehemiah and the, and the people that had a mind to work, and when you read chapter 3 of Nehemiah, it was all different right nations. All different races. There were men there from Jericho. There were men there from different places. But they all came together with one purpose and one mind and one accord. And that was to set the stones in order. If we come together in one mind and one accord, and I just worry about my stone and making sure it's solidly on the foundation of Jesus Christ, making sure that it's perfect and right where it needs to be, and I don't worry about John Stone and he don't worry about mine, but if we worry about putting ours exactly where the Lord wants it, miracles can happen. We can build something great at Dutch Bottoms. I have a stone. One. A. A stone. One. If I'd have been around in Nehemiah's day, he might have picked my stone out of the refuse, out of the rubble. Now, there's not all their sin to come short. Have you ever got caught 
not being where the Lord wanted you to be. But you had to get your stone back in order. You had to get the stone back. Now, if you look at pictures of the wall, they say, the archaeologists say that Nehemiah and the people of that day built, you'll notice something. There's no mortar between the stones. They didn't use it. The stones, the masons set the stones in such a way that they were so close, they, they were so tight that there was no need for mortar. They set one upon the other and they were together come what may. Lord, help me to get my stone in perfect order. Help me so that my stone lines up with my brothers just right so that there's nothing can come between us that we've got one mind, one purpose and that's to live for the Lord and to lift up His name together. My stone is not for hurting somebody else. We've got a lot of religion, but religion and your stone is not equal. Salvation and your stone is one and the same. Oh, I've got a stone. Nehemiah worked. People didn't like it because the stones were being put in order. People didn't like it. The enemy of God's people fussed and complained. They downed God's people. They said, why if the feeble Israelites would try to build a wall, a fox could come and knock it over. They, they condemned Israel and tried to let them like they were stirring up trouble. The world don't like it when we get our stones put together just right. But whenever we get our stones set so tight that nothing can come between us and we've got a mind to work, you'll see God do miracles at Dutch bottles. All right. I've got a stone. Nehemiah and his friends working on the wall. He said, this is such a big place, the enemy could come up. And when you hear the trumpet, you go to wherever that sound is. And we'll work there together. Wherever the trumpet is sounded, that's where we need to work. Wherever this leads us, wherever the gospel tells us to go, that's where we need to work. Where we see an opportunity for somebody that's in need, when we see an opportunity to help somebody else, to help another person, to help another church, to lift up the name of the Lord in any situation, that's the time for us to use our stone and set it perfectly in order. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you what my stone is for. I told you it wasn't for tiring somebody else down. I told you it wasn't for causing harm to somebody, for, for bruising some water, for drawing blood, or for slinging elsewhere. Did you ever think about where those stones went? I can just see that poor lady sitting in the center of the circle, and there were the... the, the 
the Pharisees and the scribes and being already had the stones and already had their arms drawn back ready to condemn her. Did you ever think about what happened to those stones? I don't read where they stumbled over them as they walked away. I don't read where that they ever, they ever made anything out of them. Listen, folks, our stones have a purpose. My stone has a purpose. And let me tell you what it is. It's to be set solidly on that foundation that is Jesus. And there's some more things that this stone has a purpose of. It's to sit side by side and to be strong and defined. I would love for my stone to be beside Marty Coster's stone. I would love for my stone to stand strong with Roger Buckner's stone. I'd love for my stone to be in line with with Bobby's with Bobby Stone, with Bobby Parker Stone. I would love for my stone to stand whenever the world's on fire. I'd love for my stone to have a purpose and to protect the house of God and to lift up the name of the Lord. Amen. Jesus, the foundation. Let's stay right there for just a second. We know, if we went outside and took a look, that the walls of this church are brick. There's brick exterior. And you folks that's been around in a while when we painted, you know that part of it's cinder block, I'm sure. But you know what you don't see? You don't see the foundation. It's not visible with the naked eye. Look around. You don't see Jesus, do you? With this eye. But wouldn't we already be shipwrecked? Wouldn't the storms of life already caused us to perish? Wouldn't the waves and the winds created havoc in our lives had we not been on a firm foundation. Oh, let's go on. This church has been here as long as I can remember. And before I was ever thought of or conceived, there were great people in this church. My mind could just go back to Margaret Lewis for one. I could go on. I could talk about Jay and Bonnie. I could talk about Hack Wilson and Gene. <clears throat> there are others that you could name. Doug Self. Different men and women of God that stood firm and their stone, they might not have been always perfect, but when the power of God came by, their stone was in perfect order. And you saw tears run down their face. And they talked about how good God had been in their life. Oh, what's built today? You think what's happening today at Dutch Bottoms is good? It's because it was started on a firm foundation. It's because that men and women down through the ages at Dutch Bottoms stood for what was right, held up the name of the Lord, held, held on to the King James Version Bible, and welcomed His Spirit on your altar. That's why we can have church today.
I'm a little bit old-fashioned, I guess. I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel. What we need to do is get our folks that go to church in the wheel. Let's take some WD-40. Get us some oil. Some of that spiritual oil. Some of that that I preached out about David the other night. How Samuel anointed him with oil and he had the spirit of the Lord from that day forward. We need to take some of that spiritual oil. You know why the world is not interested in attending church? Because they've become convinced we have nothing to offer them. You know why the world has become convinced that church does not need to be a priority in their life because so many of us don't make it a priority in our life. It ought to be a privilege. It ought to be exciting to be a part of the church of the living God. So we need the good old WD-40, the good old spiritual oil, to oil that wheel within a wheel and make it turn and let it be like a fire shut up in our bones till we can't wait to get here to set our stone in order. I have a stone. The foundation was Jesus. And then there were some good old stones down through the years. <laughs> Never thought about going this way. No, my stone is not for throwing and hurting someone else. My stone is set on the stones of those that went before me. Before I go on from that, let's go over where Elijah, I believe it was, said, how long halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, let's serve him. And if Baal be God, let's serve him. And you know this story, how? That the prophets of Baal agreed with Elijah, and whoever's God sent down the fire, they would call him the God. And how they sacrificed. And how they set the sacrifice upon the altar. And then the prophets of Baal screamed from morning till noon. They jumped up on the altar. They cut themselves with lancet. They bled all over the place. Made a bloody mess. Broke down the altar and there was no answer. There's a lot of folks today preaching that's Old Testament. What's that got to do with that? With, with 2019, let me tell you what it's got to do to, with 2019. There's a lot of shows going on today. A lot of folks like to put on a show. They like to make people think because they can wave their hands or because smoke comes out from behind them or the light splice a certain way that they've got a hold of God. Let me know, let me tell you how that you know that it's God. It'll connect with your stone. Now let me preach you about the stone for just a minute. Oh, what did Elijah do? Whenever it came his turn, he told the children of Israel, Come near unto me. And then he took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel, and he repaired the altar. 
Then he put the wood right here it is. Right here it is. The science tells us that about 97% of everything on earth is made of carbon. That includes us. That includes the trees. That includes the stones. That includes everything that we can lay our eyes on. Oh, here's the wood. We got to put it in order if the fire's going to fall. He took the stones. He put them down there one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. He took the wood. He put it in order. He took the sacrifice. He poured it on the wood. And then he took water, one of the most precious things in that area, in that time. Something that, that Ahab had sent over die. They had went each a separate way. And they had searched for just to sustain the life of their herds. They were desperate for water. And Elijah took 12 barrels of water and soaked the altar. And it ran down and ran into a trench he had dug around about it. Folks, we can't give God two minutes of our time. Oh, we need to give him every second of every minute of every day because he's worthy of our praise. <laughs> I have a stone. And when all that was done and Israel had come near, Elijah got down and prayed, didn't he? He said, Lord, would you show these people one more time? And the fire fell. And it consumed the wet sacrifice. It consumed. We've hunted for a week and a half for two weeks for wood to burn next week. The fire that fell from heaven consumed wet wood. It burned. The fire consumed the dust. It blapped up the water. Fell down off the sacrifice, down into the trench, and burned all that water in the trench. And you know what else it consumed? It consumed the stone. I'd like to see it fall and consume a stone. You ever seen that? I have a few times. I've been there a time or two. Let me just relay a couple of instances. I won't be too much longer. Back before I ever announced my call to preach, I was a younger man, and I've told this here before, I guess. They elected me to be assistant Sunday school teacher to the young people at Rankin. John Clark was the teacher, and he never missed. And I thought, that's something I can do. I'll never have to worry about that, because John don't ever miss a Sunday until one Sunday he did. And I went in, and my knees were knocking, and I got behind the podium and began to go through the Sunday school lesson. And after a while, I lost track of who I was, where I was at, what I was saying. The fire fell and consumed the stone. And when I came to myself, there was big tears rolling down my face. And I looked, the chairs were in a U-shape around the wall. They had to be 10 or 15 
young folks in there, and every one of them had tears in their eyes. The fire fell and consumed the stone. I've seen it fall before. And everybody in the church be blessed. Why wouldn't but just a couple Sundays or two ago that the fire fell right along in here. And the Lord placed a brand new stone right about in here. And there was the people that the fire fell on. They shouted. They cried. They praised the Lord. The fire fell and consumed the stone. Lord, help us to get our stone perfectly in order. Right in place. Right where you want it to be. So it can be consumed by your spirit and power. I have a stone. No, my stone's not to hurt somebody else with. My stone's to stand strong alongside other stones in the wall in perfect order. So tight that nothing's needed to hold us together. That we don't need food. That we don't need games. That we don't need programs. Help us to be so tight together. That love keeps us standing right beside one another. Oh, I have a stone. You know what else my stone does? My stone's there to lift you up when you need a helping hand. My stone is there for you to lean on when you're feeling weak. My stone is there for you to know there's somebody that's praying for you. For you to know that you've got a friend that, that, that will be here for you. So I know we got a friend. The Bible says we got a friend that will never leave us, will never forsake us. But that's not the only one I've got. I've got some brothers and sisters that I can lean on when I'm worried. I've got some brothers and sisters that's made covenant with me to pray for me, to help me in my time of need, to be there when I need them. Thanks be to God, I'm not the only stone. We've got a body wall. This is Dr. Church. You are. I've got a stone. I know where I'm going. And we'll give to him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Read this book. Don't be afraid of it. Preacher, I don't understand. It's okay. That's all right. You know what the Lord told John the Revelator? He didn't say he had to understand every jot and tittle of the book. But he did say he'd be blessed for reading it. You want to be blessed? Read the book. <laughs> oh. 
In this book, I believe it talks about a city that has foundations. And it talks about the different stones. Sardis, emerald, jasper, rubies, different ones. It talks about the gates of pearl. It talks about the walls of jasper. It talks about the streets of gold. But do you ever stop to think why the stone that the Lord gave you is white? Why the Lord gave you a stone that's white? You know what white symbolizes? White is something that's pure. White is something that's clean. White is something that has no flaw. It has nothing about it. Oh, there'll be no spots. There'll be no wrinkles. But the prettiest stones in that country when we get there is the stones the Lord gave us. be this. Preacher, I'll miss you when I'm gone. I'll look for you. Don't look for this. Don't look for this. It ain't going. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It's an enmity against God. But you can look for that stone. It'll be there. Oh. Mike Potter used to sing, I want to live there, don't you? Then when the spirit would get dry, when that spiritual oil would cause that wheel to turn inside the wheel, he'd sing, I'm going to live there, ain't you? Oh, I have a stone. That don't sound like much to brag about, does it? Some people would think, if I said I've got $10,000, in my wallet, that would be something to brag about. Most of the time, I don't even have a dollar in here, if you want to know the truth. Some people would think if I pulled out the key to a brand new Mercedes or Lexus or something like that, that might be something to brag about. This key happens to be to a 2002 Dodge Dakota with a little over 100,000 miles that I can barely fit in. I'm not complaining. I'll drive it. And be glad I've got my stone. If you want me to talk, ask me about my stone. It's not in a ring on this finger. It don't have class of 84 on it. It don't say Jefferson County High School or University of Tennessee on it. It's not that kind of stone. It's not on a necklace that hangs from my neck that's shiny and pretty that you can see your reflection in. It's not a stone of that nature, but it's a stone with a name on it and it's white. Oh, let me tell you. Let me say a little more about why it's white. Oh, because it's without spot. It's without wrinkle. It's without blemish. What does that remind you of? He said that he'd wash it with the water of his word. He said that it when he presented to himself a glorious church. I'll be one stone in the church that I'll be there. Woo! 
on that day. And I'm glad you get to go with me. I'm glad I get to go with you. I'm the one. You know where I'll be? I'll be the stone at the back of the building. But I'll be there by the mercy and the grace of God. It's white because it's pure. People have tried, and I read something today that just made my skin crawl. There is absolutely nothing wrong with the church of the living God. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the King James Version Bible. Well, preacher, scholars said this, scholars said that. You know what the preacher preached to me when I was lost in that down? He preached right out of the old King James Version Bible, and he preached, you must be born again. And I believed that and got saved from it. Amen. I don't understand everything in there. And the man that will tell you he does is lying. But I can understand something if I want it bad enough. Because James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give to all men liberally and upbraideth not. If you really want to know, ask the master builder. Ask the one that knows where your stone needs to be and can help place you there. Oh, I have a stone. I've often preached about the book of life. We can read about it in Revelations. How that it's sealed with seven seals within and without. No man's able to open the book or look thereon. And how that there's a place in the book for every man, woman, boy, or girl that's ever drawn a breath. There's a place. Some places have a new name, and some places are empty. But if you really want to know what that book is, it's the book that records ownership of everybody that has a little white stone. And then that book, you won't find the name Mike Strange. But it's the new name that's recorded in that stone. That's the name. That's the one he's going to call. And that's the one I'll answer to. Folks, I'm glad. <laughs> if he gave us a piece of paper, the fire would burn it. Somebody would rip it up if they got a hold of it. It didn't like it. Somebody would take white out or blue ink or black ink and mark through our name. But it's written in stone. You ever been up to the Vietnam Memorial in Washington? I've been. And you see people at that memorial, they take a piece of white paper, they'll take a pencil, and they find their loved one's name. And they'll take that pencil and they'll etch that name of their loved one on that piece of paper. The paper may 
disappeared, but the name is still there in stone. Debbie's our church clerk. She's got a record of my membership at Dutch Bottoms. We recently purchased a fireproof file cabinet. Does that mean my name on that piece of paper inside that book will always be safe? No. No, something could happen. My name could get gone. The page could get ripped out. The book could get lost. You never know. But my name that's in that stone that's written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be there for eternity. Carolyn sings this song, I won't have to worry. I don't have to. My name is there. My name has been written in that stone. My name is in that book. Folks, you've got a responsibility now. I don't know if any of you do masonry work or anything like that. I never could do that kind of work. Would you hire a mason that couldn't get the stone straight? Went to lay you a cinder block wall or a brick wall? You had blocks and bricks turned just every which way. Would you want a mason that does that? The wall probably wouldn't stand, would it? It'd probably fall in just a matter of a year or two. As a matter of fact, I had a fellow come and redo my front porch several years ago, probably, I'd say, 15 or 20. And where the ground has settled... Part of it has sunk. And there's about an inch difference from one end to the other. Now the man did the best job he could do. He even fixed it so the concrete would not crack. And it hasn't. But still on one end, it's about an inch higher than it is on the other. He did the very best he could do. But the foundation that our stones are laid on Stands for sure. The foundation that my stone is on, my stone ain't no higher than Bobby's. His is no higher than mine. And we all serve the same purpose, the same God. Amen. And that's to lift up his Amen. name and to keep adding to the wall. I preach to you tonight how Jesus is the foundation, how the saints that's lived and was part of this church before I ever got here and has gone before I ever got here built on to that foundation. How that we as Dutch Bottoms now, our stones are supposed to stand side by side and be so close that we don't need any mortar or anything to keep us together. Love will keep us as close as we can ever, ever be so that we're standing side by side and the enemy just can't. Can't get in because our stones are so close together. I preach to you that our stones are to lift up. That was mentioned tonight about you Sunday. That'll be the fifth Sunday. Every Sunday is you Sunday. Every Sunday is Elder Sunday. Every Sunday is your Sunday if you got a stone. Amen. Our stones are to serve as a place to lift up. I appreciate Katie and Shelton. Today's Shelton's birthday. I hope in 20 years from now 
their stones are still sitting right here. I'd like to lift them up. I'd like to support them. I'd like for them to make their life right here at Dutch Bottoms. In 20 years from now, I'd like for Ethan, Cana, and Jarrah, these girls back here, I'd like to lift them up, Clyde. There's not a person in this church that doesn't love these youngins. Everybody here loves them. There's not a person in this church that don't want to be a help to these young people and steer them in the right direction. Steer them toward Jesus and be there to support them. And when they need the Lord, pray for them and lift them up so that they can carry on and build and build and build for Jesus. So it'd be all right with me. There won't be any such thing as a newspaper when I die. It'll be all on the internet. But when they write my obituary, they don't need to write anything about my education. They don't need to write anything about being a teacher for 30 years. They don't need to write, and they won't write anything about the great amount of money that I have or or the great big home, or the fancy vehicles, or anything that I've got, that won't be written. But they're more than welcome to write about that stone. I'll tell you what I'd like for him to write. When he was eight years old, Jesus saved him. I'd like for everybody to know that. Tell him I got that stone. If I go before you do and you come around to see me, you just tell them I lays one of the stones. Right there's one. I've had the privilege to stand over a few. Oh, what a privilege that it is to have known great, what I consider great stones. Folks, they're gone. What are you going to do with your stone? It'll never be where it needs to be if you're bitter. It'll never serve the purpose that it was intended to serve if you're angry and upset all the time. It'll never be able to fit just right. Now if my stone is covered with dirt, and grease, scum, you ever seen something really nasty? If that's me, John probably don't want to get close to anything like that, real close. So if I want to fit right where I need to be, if my stone is to fit where it's supposed to be, I have to keep it clean. I have to let the world know that it's white, that it's, that it's pure. You know why folks don't want to come to church? Too many dirty stones. I have a stone that the Lord gave me. He wrote my name in it, and he'll call that name one day after a while, and I'll rise. I don't know how you picture it. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those of us that are alive and remain shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and so shall we ever 
be with the Lord, comfort you one another with these words. But I pictured as we'll all go together. That's how we are, ain't it? We're supposed to all be jointly fit together. That's how we're going. I won't beat you there. You won't beat me there. We're all going together. Aren't you glad? It's not about the things. I used to sing the song. Life is filled with swift transition. Not of earth unmoved can sand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. It's not about the things we can accumulate in this life. It's all about who gave you the stone and where he wants you to keep it and how he wants you to keep it. I have a stone. 